Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. May the Lord be pleased to add his own blessing to the public reading of his word. As we have the word of God before us, let us unite our hearts again, looking to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thou hast taught us in the school of life's experience that without thee we can do nothing. And, O Lord, we come behind this sacred desk this evening acknowledging our total inability. Who is sufficient for these things? And, O Lord, we cast ourselves afresh on Thee. And we pray that Thou wilt help us to make much of our Lord and Savior, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. O Lord, draw near to us, everyone, and all who hear the word of God, may it be with the eternal prophet, <clears throat> may it be with the salvation of the soul, that the word is heard this evening. So we thank thee for the more excellent sacrifice, for the one sacrifice that our Lord Jesus made, bearing away our sin on his own body on the tree so that all who believe, who trust him in repentance and faith, receive eternal life. Breathe upon us by thy Spirit, and do us good around the word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the month of October 2008, the British Humanist Association, they mounted a campaign. The symbol of that campaign on, on the United Kingdom buses was this. There is probably no God, so stop worrying and enjoy your life. The British Humanist Association, 
The aim of it is to destroy Bible Christianity. Its aim is to end the privileged position of religion, the established religion of Christianity, particularly in law, in education, in broadcasting, and wherever else it occurs. I find it amazing that atheists, humanists, who are so convinced that God doesn't exist, that they spend colossal amounts of money to seek to prove it. That advertising campaign on 800 buses across the UK back in 2008 that cost £140,000. I do not believe in ghosts. They do not exist. However, I have never written a paper or formed an organization or made it my life's work to prove such a thing. I know that ghosts do not exist, and there the matter rests. To proud man, the fact that God is, that he is holy, the one with whom we all have to do, before whom we all must give account, the fact that God in his word concludes all under sin, and that man requires salvation by faith through Jesus Christ, all of that is foreign to him and must be jettisoned. The atheist says, I want to be in control, in charge of my own life. I will not be intimidated by the thought that God is. Professor Thomas Nigel of New York University He stated, I want atheism to be true, and I'm uneasy by the fact that some of the most intelligent and well-informed people I know are religious believers. It isn't just that I don't believe in God and naturally hope that I'm right in my belief. It's that I hope that there is no God. I do not want there to be a God. I do not want the universe to be like that. End of quote. Atheists hope that there is no God. And in doing so, they give proof of the natural enmity of the heart. The Bible, here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 confirms that God is. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. God is not an imaginary being, the figment of make-believe. The Bible does not begin by proving that God is, but states it as an incontrovertible fact. Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God. There is overwhelming evidence that God is. 
and we will consider it together this evening. First of all, there is overwhelming evidence that God is in creation. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The word for created means to create out of nothing. This world was not made out of existing materials. It was brought into being out of nothing. The Westminster Confession of Faith in chapter 1 and section 1 has this to say, It pleased God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost for the manifestation of the glory of his eternal power, wisdom, and goodness in the beginning to create or make of nothing the world and all things therein, whether visible or invisible, in the space of six days, and all very good. We have read together here in Hebrews 11 and verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God created this world by the power of his word. David tells us in Psalm 33 and verse 9, he spoke and it was done. There is a mountain of evidence that this world has been divinely made and is not the result of chance, as evolutionists and atheists affirm. Psalm 19 and verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. It's no accident that the earth rotates at an angle of 23.5 degrees, giving us the four seasons. It's not an accident that this earth rotates once every 24 hours, giving us day and night. There's evidence of design. And if we have design, we must have a designer. And so we can say of every feature, every facet of creation, we can say this is the finger of God. With Isaac Watts, we say, Behold, the lofty sky declares its maker God, and all his starry works on high proclaim his power abroad. The darkness and the light still keep their course the same, while night to day and day to night divinely teach his name. In every land their general voice is known. They show the wonders of his hand and the orders of his throne. The wonder of God's creating hand is seen 
in these physical frames of ours. For example, in Psalm 139 and verse 14, the psalmist says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Is this exaggeration on David's part? Consider the human brain. It is a three-pound piece of matter that has 10 billion nerve cells with a trillion connections, and it can do the work of supercomputers. Carl Sagan, the atheist, conservatively estimated there is the equivalent of 20 million books in the head of every one of us. He said the neurochemistry of the brain is astonishingly busy. In the brain, there is the circuitry of a machine more wonderful than any devised by humans. End of quote. Many of the messages the the brain sends out to other parts of the body, they travel at 300 miles per hour. Yes, man, the crowning piece of God's creation, is fearfully and wonderfully made. But take the animal creation. Elephants are the largest land mammals alive today. They can weigh up to over six tons. The most fascinating thing about elephants is their long nose, the trunk. Like all noses, It is used for breathing, but it has a number of other important uses. The elephants use their nose as a huge drinking straw. They will suck up the water with it. They use their trunks to give themselves a shower. Amazingly, the trunk has about 50,000 muscles. They can use them to rip branches from the trees, to pick fruit and leaves for food. They can also pick up things as small as a pin because the end of the trunk is shaped like two fingers and is very sensitive. Did elephants get their amazing trunks through evolution? Did gradual changes over millions of years turn an ordinary nose into a trunk with 50,000 special muscles and the brain connections to make them all work? No. Elephants were designed by God who made all creatures great and small. Oh, when we look at the created world with its order, intricacy, and design. 
its systems and cycles, we see the evidence for intelligent design. No wonder we read in Romans 1 and verse 20 that our Lord's eternal power and Godhead are understood by the things that are made. His eternal power and Godhead are understood by the things that he has made. When Paul was preaching in Athens, that scholarly place, that learned place, in Acts 17 and verse 24, here's what he preached. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. He is the one who has made the world and all within it. The evidence that God is, is seen in creation. But it is also, secondly, seen in Revelation. There is no other book, ancient or modern, like the Bible. It was written over a period of 1,600 years with more than 40 penmen, and yet its unity is amazing. More than 30% of the Bible is prophecy. There are no prophecies in the Quran, in the Book of Mormon, in the writings of, of Buddha or Confucius. Isaiah, who prophesied for 40 years from around 740 BC, he predicted a whole series of future events, including the downfall of Jerusalem and the carrying of its people to Babylon. Isaiah prophesied that their captivity would be ended by a man called Cyrus, who would resettle the Jews for the specific purpose of rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. Were those prophecies fulfilled? Those things happened exactly as Isaiah's prophecy said they would. It has been stated that the greatest evidence for the Bible is the Jews. No people on this earth have suffered persecution and genocide like them. And yet they remain and they prosper just as the Bible said they would. We think of how the Lord said to Abraham, the father of the Hebrew nation, in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 18, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. He speaks of Abraham's seed, Abraham's people, 
how all the nations would be blessed in them. The Bible predicted in 800 BC that the Jews would return to Israel, which happened in 1948. We have that prophecy in Amos 9 and verse 15. When the Lord said, I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. A prophecy fulfilled in 1948. The Bible predicted that the Jews would recapture Jerusalem, which happened on the 7th of June, 1967. Zechariah chapter 8, we have the prophecy of that. Zechariah chapter 8, verses 7 and 8. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. Prophecies concerning the Jews fulfilled. More than any other book, the Bible has been criticized, it has been investigated and castigated, and yet it endures. The word of the Lord endures forever. A visitor to a blacksmith's shop noticed a pile of worn-out out hammers, but only one huge anvil. And so the visitor asked the blacksmith, how often do you replace your anvil? And with a smile, the owner replied, never. It is the anvil that wears out the hammers. And so it is with God's word. The hammers of persecution, of ridicule, of modernism and atheism have for centuries pounded the divine anvil, but to no avail. There they lie while the mighty anvil of the Scripture stands unshaken, unbroken. Voltaire once said, another century, and there will not be a Bible in the earth. That century has come and gone, and the Bible, the spreading of the Bible, its circulation is one of the wonders of the age. After Voltaire died, his printing press and the very house where he lived was bought by the Geneva Bible Society and made a warehouse for the Word of God. God is. Creation testifies to the reality. So does revelation. And then thirdly and lastly, the evidence that God is, is seen in salvation. In John 1 and verse 18, 
We are told that no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. God is fully revealed. He is is seen in Christ. Christ is the God-man. Why did the Lord come from heaven to earth? 1 John 3 and verse 5 explains, He was manifested to take away our sins. God's holiness, justice, wrath, and love were all revealed when the only begotten Son was delivered up for our salvation on the cross. No other way could God in his holiness and justice find to reconcile the world and save a lost mankind. No other way but the cross. And in the Savior's death, our salvation was wrought. Salvation for the chief, deep dyed in the wool sinners. Salvation for self-righteous proud sinners who humble themselves and repent, they receive a so great salvation that is all of God. It's all of grace through the blood of God's dear Son. And lives transformed by saving grace testify that God is. A street preacher was interrupted by a voice from the back of the crowd. And that voice said, Preacher, you have got it all wrong. Atheism is the answer to humanity's problems. Religion is bad for the mind. It ruins lives. Prove to me that Christianity is real. And I'll be quiet. The preacher responded, Never did I hear anyone say, I was undone and an outcast. But I read the atheist Thomas Paine's Age of Reason. And now I have been saved from the power of sin. Never did I hear an atheist telling that his atheism had set him free from liquor. Never did I hear of anyone conquering hard drugs by renouncing faith in God. But the preacher said, I have heard many testify that when they turned as helpless and hopeless sinners to the Lord Jesus and cast themselves on his mercy, They were set free, obtained peace with God. And the preacher went on turning to the atheist. And he asked him who starts the orphanages and the city missions. It is the Christians who owns and runs the taverns and manufactures the the liquor sold in them. 
It is the atheists who risks their lives to help the needy in the mission fields around the world. It is the Christians who runs the abortion mills and the houses of ill repute. It is the atheists who are the most solid and industrious people in the nation. It is the Christians who operates the gambling halls and crime syndicates. It is the atheists. Christianity offers eternal life. Atheism can only offer doubt, skepticism, and a miserable end and eternal death. The crowd turned to the atheist for response. But he had gone. He crept away without answering a word. He knew that salvation, its life-transforming power, its soul-saving grace, testifies to the reality that God is. And since God is, do not wait a moment longer until you, my hearer, can say, in the words of Psalm 48 and verse 14, this God is our, is my God forever and ever. It is no comfort to know that God is unless he is your great God and Savior. The Lord said to Israel in Jeremiah 31 and verse 33, I will be their God. True life and lasting joy is only found in salvation through Jesus Christ. In Psalm 32, And those opening verses, David says, blessed. Blessed, the word means happy. Happy is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And all of us, you and I, are transgressors from the womb. And our sins have left us condemned already, exposed to the wrath and the judgment of a sin-hating God. But there is a perfect covering. And that perfect covering is the beautiful garment of salvation. There's forgiveness of sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's a perfect covering through Christ's righteousness received by faith alone. Oh, that you would turn with your whole heart from your sin. David says in verse 5 of Psalm 32, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, And mine iniquity have I not hid. 
I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin. Is that true of you? Oh, that you would come just as you are, with all your unworthiness, with all your sin, and acknowledge it, confess it to Christ. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. He's the Savior of sinners like us. Oh, may you repent and believe the gospel and know with glad assurance that it's well with your soul. Let us unite our hearts in prayer, please. Our gracious, loving Father, how we thank Thee for the great Creator, for the one who has made all things out of nothing by the word of his power. And, O Lord, we know that thou hast revealed thyself through thy word. We see thee in the shadows, in the types, in the prophecies. We see thee in the volume of the book. Lord, we can search the Scriptures, for these are they which testify of Thee. And how we praise Thee that so many of us have the reality in our hearts that God is. For our hearts have been made anew. We have been to the cross. We have been born again of the Spirit of God, washed from our sins in the Saviour's blood, justified freely from all things through the blood of the Lamb. And we pray, Lord, that others will come to acknowledge their sinnership and to flee for mercy. We know that Thou art merciful and gracious, forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin, so that we can sing who is a pardoning God like thee, or who has grace so rich and free. O bring others through thy word to the knowledge of thy salvation. We ask it in the Savior's name. Amen.